Wait. <laughs> I was about to say that the difference between Reddit and 4chan is that every single person who's on 4chan is actually evil, but that's not necessarily true of Reddit, but I'm not so sure about that. Mm. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's not make any judge, like sweeping statements there. I love making sweeping statements. the traditional owners of the land on which we are recording and pay respect to the elders past and present of the Yagara and Turrbal people. Sovereignty was never ceded. And this is Online Mole Patrol, ready for a stroll down internet memory lane. I'm Hacklock, a visual artist and chronically online older millennial. And I'm Brian Butts. And I'm definitely Marge Cooler Online. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> You know. All my illusions shattered. Yeah. All right. So. You're, oh, yeah. You're doing the main yeah, story today? Yeah, I'm main. Yeah. Let's talk about uh, r slash find Boston Bomber. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, I have some minor memories. Yeah. And then I'm doing Bracket Battle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's going to be Franklin Mint Collector Place. <laughs> I love it. And then some hyperlocal news. Awesome. All right, let's get into this Boston bombing. All right, bombing Boston thing. bomber. Like, I remember the bombing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, good. That was the one of a marathon, right? Yeah, yeah. the Boston Marathon. Yeah. I mean, nasty shit. Well, I mean, all of those people really performatively. Like getting out there and showing off the fact that they can run for a really long time. Are you saying they were asking for it? You said those words. <laughs> yes. Okay. Going on the record, they were asking for it. Uh, um, a bit resentful there. Okay. No. Um, I don't think they were asking for it. Absolutely Let the people not. run. We were just joking because we're not sporty people, <laughs> and we hate everyone who is. <laughs> And I broke my toe, I think. Can't oh, wear, yeah. Can't even wear shoes. She's got this bright red, purple <laughs> toe, shoving it into a shoe like uh, one of the ugly stepsisters <laughs> from Cinderella. Half the foot cut off. Fitted in the shoe. Um, I didn't tell you how, how I really got it. I thought you stubbed it on a door, the edge of a door frame. I did stub it on the edge of a door frame, but I didn't mention that... You know when you can't be fucked pulling your pants up and you just walk along (laughs) (laughs) with your pants around your ankles? I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) I did it while I was doing that. No. (laughs) So did you also trip or did you just like bang the side of the door frame as you went past? Just banged it. Ouch. It really didn't hurt that much. It hurts more now. Yeah. But I'm not going to let it affect my quality of life. (laughs) So brave. So yeah. brave of you. 
I just want to be an inspiration. Forging ahead in the face of adversity. That's me. That's my whole brand, baby. <laughs> so anyway. All right. Speaking of people forging ahead in the face of adversity. Uh, let's hear about a tragedy. Let's go to Reddit. Um, so I wanted to talk about a thing that I was sort of like a meta spectator of, I suppose, if that makes sense. So this... Um, all went down when I was living in that ramshackle Norman Park share house, like in 2013 or thereabouts. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'd lived somewhere a bit nicer. And then my housemate, Big Tones, decided to go part time at his hack journalist job to do his master's in creative writing. Mm-hmm. Um, and as far as I can tell, master's in creative writing is a degree um, they give you when you spend a year locking yourself in your room for a couple of hours a day to drink scotch. Um, anyway. Um, we had all really liked living together. So when he said that he had to pay less rent, we all just kind of decided to move somewhere shittier together. It was a really nice time. Um, sounds good. Yeah. And my best friend was there all the time. Um, kind of like Kramer, really, really (laughs) nice time. Anyway. So my hack journalist housemate was on Reddit and I've never been a Reddit guy myself. Um, Honestly, because visually it just reminds me so much of 4chan. Like, I know that they're different, but uh, something about the vibe. Yeah. Um, Understandable. (laughs) There's definitely a lot of crossover there. Yeah. So Big Tones was giving us regular updates about what's going down on Reddit. Yeah. And um, so Big Tones starts telling us about r slash find Boston Bomber. And would give us regular updates. Okay. There was like some extension of the news cycle. So did this um, subreddit, that's uh-huh. the word I was trying to think of, yes. pop up straight after the bombing? Uh, yeah, kind of. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what I'm getting from it. Um, like I never engaged with r slash find Boston Bomber myself directly. It just sort of became part of the mythos of this particular share house. Okay. Um, <laughs> in looking up the material for this episode, I found a Wikipedia uh article titled uh controversial reddit communities i bet that is a lot of gold in there oh man i didn't look all the way it was pretty good um i'm guessing uh r slash the donald would Um, be on there i didn't notice that one there was like r slash hate fat people or fat people hate oh yeah i remember that one (laughs) nasty Um, actually, do you want me to tell you other ones? Some of them yeah. are pretty funny. Let me look yeah, it up. Yeah, I'm guessing there'll be some racism, fat phobia, maybe transphobia. Um, there'll be, yeah, the Donald, I remember there was drama. I think that got shut down because that was where a lot of the QAnon-y Trump stuff was Ew. bubbling. <laughs> Controversial Reddit communities. Oh, okay. So banned subreddits. Um... Beating women. Oh, um, some of these I just don't know anything about. Uh, creep shots. Oh. <laughs> okay, we've got a theme so far: misogyny. Um, I'm just like telling you the ones that I know about. There's one called Cringe Anarchy that I haven't heard of before. So oh. it's themed around cringe and edgy, politically incorrect content. Okay. Um. Fat people hate. Fine Boston bombers. Gender critical. Gore. Ew. Mm. All right. Uh, (laughs) R slash guns for sale. Oh, no. Incels. Jailbait. 
I, you, I'm sure you were sitting, I'm sure that you read this out and it sounded like you knew what this was, but, um, men going their own way. Uh, yes, that's a, like, incel-y, um, like, I think it was a website, maybe a blog that became a community and, um, it was like, not just like incel it was also very anti-marriage and uh, like, okay. um, anti-men wasting their time on women kind of thing. Like men going their own ways, men uh, not being involved with women at all anymore. Not They would like protest weddings and stuff. Fellas, is it gay to be attracted to women? <laughs> is it gay to want to spend your life with a lady and then knock her up and have children? I don't know. That sounds pretty cooked to me. Um, Pizzagate. Oh, of course. Um. <laughs> R slash shoplifting. Oh, no. That Sto- seems quite innocent comparatively. Stories, tips and questions for the purpose of shoplifting at large commercial retail chains. <laughs> it dissuaded people from shoplifting from smaller stores, which were presumed to suffer greater losses from theft. I don't know. Not that I would ever uh, advise anybody to do anything illegal, but... If you're going to steal something, it seems like that's a arguably more ethical way to approach the question of who you steal from. Yes, from larger corporations versus small businesses. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Donald. Yeah, I knew it would be in there. <laughs> the fappening. Watch people die. Oh, no. Ooh. Okay, so back to r slash... Fine, Boston Bombers. Okay. Um, Amelia, T- really, this whole thing is just me quoting other people's articles because I have no original thought at all. And, of course, we'll put those articles in the show notes. Yeah. So Amelia Tate at Wired gives a decent wrap-up of the whole thing into paragraphs, which I will, of course, now read. Mm-hmm. Um, on April 16, 2013, a day after three people lost their lives when terrorists detonated two homemade bombs during the annual Boston Marathon, a new subreddit was created find Boston Bombers, was a place for Redditors to attempt to identify the culprits of the attack. A crowdsourced investigation that gained momentum when the FBI published photos of suspects two days later. What happened next is an infamous disaster. Redditors wrongly accused a missing 22-year-old student named Sunil Tripathi of perpetrating the attack, and the Tripathi family was inundated with intimidating phone calls day and night. On April 23, Sunil Tripathi's body was found, the cause of death ruled as suicide by drowning. Though the student did not take his life as a result of the online manhunt, he went missing on March 16, the Reddit furor troubled his family at an already difficult time. Oh, God. Pretty grim. Yeah. Yeah. So, for anyone too young, maybe, or anyone who's drunk a lot since 2013, like me... Yes. Just a little quick recap on the Boston Marathon bombings. Um, They happened during the Boston Marathon in 2013 and two terrorists. I don't know if it's because I'm a lefty or something, but now every time they say somebody's a terrorist, I'm like, oh, why are you saying that? And here I'm like, probably because they use bombs to kill a bunch of people, I suppose. Yeah. 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 It's not a bad instinct to... Um, question the use of terrorist yeah. as a term. Yes. 
two terrorists planted two homemade pressure cooker bombs, which detonated near the finish line of the race, killing three people and injuring hundreds of others, including 17 people who lost limbs. Um, Ultimately, it turns out the motives of the bombers um, was to enact retribution for US military action in Afghanistan and Iraq. So the FBI released suspect photos after the bombing and Reddit user Oops777 started the subreddit to mine through all the photos. Um, There was a massive Google Doc titled Boston Bomber Info Spreadsheet and there were seven rules articulated uh, (laughs) for the subreddit, including do not post personal information. There was also uh, like a... They wished to limit the spread of the information beyond the subreddit as well, and there was an encouragement to leave law enforcement to the professionals. So, oops, triple seven said that his goal was to collect all of the images and speculation posts that were on Reddit into one subreddit with a view to identifying and bringing to the attention of the FBI any suspicious images. Um, so they're looking, yeah, they're looking to crowdsource investigative attempts. Yeah, in this circumstance where there's. You know, it's it's a public event, so there's heaps of photographs, so they're trying to mine through yeah. and figure out who looks sus. From all different angles and different yeah. times. And yeah. 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 Um, so there had already been lots of discussion and theories cropping up around the r slash news subreddit, which provided fast updating and largely accurate information about the event and the investigation. So I suppose, yeah, the idea was to crowdsource analysis of available information to try and pinpoint a suspect or suspects. And you can see the appeal of this in the first instance. There's millions of Reddit users, so Mm -hmm. you can get everybody looking at stuff. Um, So, oops, triple seven set out those rules concerning how the information was to be dealt with. But essentially, like, a lot of it didn't end up being followed. Yeah, no one was actually enforcing that. (laughs) Yeah. So everything ended up on Facebook and Twitter and eventually other mainstream media. So it all quickly descended into, like, an online mob. Yeah. Um, Reddit user Rather Confused was one of the moderators of the subreddit, and he said, at one point I was banning dozens of people a minute for even the smallest infraction. It got to a point, um, one infraction and you were banned, no waiting, no warning. It was just an impossible task that was doomed from the start. And we did the best we could. We gave people an outlet and the media a target. Like, after being discussed in the subreddit, a picture of teenager Salah Bahum and 24-year-old grad student Yasin Zaimi appeared on the cover of the New York Post with the headline, Bagmen. Like, you know, there's essentially a suggestion made that they're responsible. Okay. Um, in all of this as well, CNN and the AP incorrectly reported that a suspect had been arrested when they had not. Oh. <laughs> um, the most well-known and incorrect theory arrived at by Reddit users was that Brown University student Sunil Tripathi might have been the bomber. Um, at Newsbreaker on Twitter tweeted that he was confirmed a suspect on the police scanners. This tweet was deleted later. Um, Sunil is... Sunil's the beginning and the end of my own memories about this stuff. So I remember standing in Big Tones' bedroom uh, as he was giving us an update and showing us what was going on. So, like, the way that I remember this going down at this time in my life is that Reddit had decided that they thought Sunil had done it. Mm -hmm. Sunil was a student and he had gone missing. And Redditors had found a video that Sunil's family had made where they talked about how much they loved and missed him and how much they wanted him to come home. And 
I remember it being such a sweet and lovely video. Um, so, like, I didn't go and find it again to refresh my memory. <laughs> Felt kind of obscene in a way, right? Like, yeah. do I really want to see it again? Um, like, is it going to feel – is it going to be mean-spirited <laughs> to yeah. go back and watch that again? But I can remember different people talking to the camera about their favourite things about him or their favourite memories about him, maybe some sweet paintings or signs, maybe some flowers. I think I saw a still from it in one of the articles that I had a look at and it was like all of these people from his family had written little messages to him on their hands and oh. holding them up in pictures of oh, them. Oh, that's oh, that's heartbreaking. <laughs> yeah, it was really. Mm. Yeah. And so because we're all fucking assholes, we just walked around the house for weeks saying at each other, um, Sunil is love. Um, which was probably like a misquote of some sweet sentiment from the video. Um, and I feel pretty bad about it because it, like, it turns out that Sunil was missing because he had died. Yeah. Um, it was hard not to think at the time that the suspicions of the Redditors were based, at the very least in part, on racism. Yeah. Um, like, from the outside looking in, it just seemed like he was a brown guy who had been at the marathon and now he was missing. Yeah. So Will Aramis writing for Slate gives us a rundown of how Sunil's name gets from Reddit to mainstream media. So r slash find Boston Bombers subreddit is set up. A Reddit user posted to that subreddit side-by-side photographs of Sunil Tripathi and the bombing suspect who was later identified as Jokar Tsarnev. Um, <laughs> a whole bunch of Reddit users upvote that post. Angry Reddit users defaced Sunil's family's Help Us Find Sunil Tripathi Facebook page, which prompts his family to take the page down. Sasha Stone of the website Awards Daily and others tweeted the link to the Facebook page. BuzzFeed's Eric Malinowski interprets the Facebook page takedown as a sign that Tripathi might indeed be the suspect. And he tweets about that. 300 people retweeted Malinowski's tweet, including Perez Hilton. Oh, no. Who blasted it to his 6 million followers. Oh, that guy is responsible for so much carnage. (laughs) Twitter user G. Hugh Esker tweeted falsely, it turns out, BPD scanner has identified the name suspect one, Mike Mulligata, suspect two, Sinel Tripathi. Local TV journalist Kevin Galliford passed that on to his followers. 1,000 people retweeted Galliford, including BuzzFeed's Andrew Kaczynski, who followed up by tweeting, wow, Reddit was right about the missing brown student per the police scanner suspect identified as Sunil Tripathi. NBC News, Luke Rosser tweeted a photo of Sarnev and added, this pic kind of feeds the Sunil Tripathi theory. Jackal, the man behind the Twitter account at Euronews, sent Sunil Tripathi's name to hundreds of thousands more followers. <sighs> yep. Yep. None of these journos are checking anything. <laughs> like, they're not checking anything. They're yeah. Just... 
what people... That's why the internet's so sexy and exciting. You don't have to check anything. Uh, you just get caught up in the excitement. Okay. So a mob is forming. Yeah. So well and truly after the fact, somebody does an interview with, oops, triple seven. Uh, and one of the questions that was posed was, what would you like people to know about Reddit that everybody might be glossing over? And, uh, oops, triple seven said, among some other shit that I care less about, um, Reddit shouldn't be grouped into the same category as media outlets. When someone on Reddit says something is suspicious, it's no different from someone on the street saying it. There's a big difference between journalistic integrity and the opinion of some guy on Reddit. Reddit should never, ever be used as a source unless there's actually some proof there. It's no different than a newspaper printing. A guy on the street said, my mate told me that this guy's the bomber. Yeah. The media also seems to be blaming Reddit as if Reddit is some singular entity. I think there's something like 8 million visitors a month to Reddit. So to talk about anything being Reddit's fault is just being disingenuous. Mm, Yeah. Okay. Yes and no. I mean, it, like, it's sort of convenient that, like, Reddit isn't actually... Reddit's a platform. Yeah. Yeah. That's made up by... It's, like, diffuse social responsibility kind of stuff. It's, yeah. like, in theory, I mean, it's the it's... same thing as Reddit. Uh, 4chan's a platform, right? Ugh. Yeah. But as a collective. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the difference between... Wait. <laughs> I was about to say that the difference between Reddit and 4chan is that every single person who's on 4chan is actually evil. But that's not necessarily true of Reddit. But I'm not so sure about that. Mm. Let's uh, <laughs> let's not make any judge like sweeping statements there. I love making sweeping statements. Um, Reddit general manager Eric Martin ended up uh, saying that R slash fine Boston bomber showed the best and worst of Reddit's potential, and in a published apology, he said. Um, Though started with noble intentions, some of the activity on Reddit fueled online witch hunts and dangerous speculation, which spiraled into very negative consequences for innocent parties. The Reddit staff and millions of people on Reddit around the world deeply regret that this happened. We have apologized privately to the family of missing college student Sunil Tripathi, as have various users and moderators. We wanted to take this opportunity to apologize publicly for the pain they have had to endure. We hope that this painful event will be channeled into something positive and the increased awareness will lead to Sunil's quick and safe return home. We encourage everyone to join and show your support to the Tripathi family and their search. So that must have been issued pretty quickly before they figured out that, yeah. before they found Sunil. Um, oops, Triple Seven, speaking to The Atlantic, said, overall, it was a disaster. It was doomed from the start when you look at it in hindsight, because not one of the images that were available on the internet actually had the bombers in it. Oh, they were just crowd shots. Yeah. Right. I also fully admit that I was naive to think that everybody would listen to the rules and keep the pictures. <laughs> keep the post within the subreddit. Yeah. <laughs> Big oof there. Yeah. Uh, Welcome to the internet, buddy. I'm just reflecting on my crimes, just thinking back to every screenshot I ever took and shared. <laughs> so when did they work out? Like when the media started reporting that it was Sunil, when did they work out that that was incorrect. 
I don't know how that timelines for the purpose of this story. I didn't bother checking out when they picked up Sarnev. Okay. Or, or when they found Sunil. I, sorry, this is a slightly off topic. I remember reading about there being a conspiracy theory or theory that it wasn't Sarnev either, that he was set up as a convenient brown person to scapegoat and that things didn't quite line up in the timelines that the police gave versus other evidence and he at his sentencing made statements where he and this is not to say that the criminal justice system doesn't kind of compel people to perform these kinds of things in circumstances where they're not guilty of the crimes oh, that the are American alleged system very much does force yeah that. at at sentencing Zanev, I think, made statements essentially along the lines that he was regretful for the lives lost. And I think there's a reference to it being him offending with his brother, him and his brother doing yeah. it. Um, so Boston Marathon is 15 April 2013. July 10, he entered a plea. July 10 of 2013. So within a couple of months, when's he? The brother's name is Tamalan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was it like, looks like there was a shootout. With he the cops. died. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there was a manhunt when they did work out, or they decided that it was those brothers. There was a full-on manhunt, and like people were posting videos online of people of the cops chasing them through alleyways and stuff. And there was a shootout, and the, one of the brothers was killed. So it looks like. Dakar was arrested on April 19, so like a month after when Sunil found. He'd been missing for a month prior to the bombing. Okay. He was found on April 23, so shortly after they picked up Sarnev. Okay. Oh. See, here's the writing on the hands. It's like, um... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight hands from different people. Come home, Sunil, we are waiting for you. <laughs> so at the time when you're viewing it through the lens of this is the family of someone who we who I am being told has done a terrorist bombing, I understand that you view it in a much more cynical way even if the I don't the think I believed saying, it at the time uh, you don't think you believed it I didn't was... believe it at the time I thought that redditors were just being dickheads oh, okay. <laughs> it just seemed like they were going oh brown guy's missing mm. oh bombing <laughs> yeah but obviously we still made fun of the video at the time because <laughs> you're bad people we're, yeah horrible to the core mm. uh. <laughs> So, like, at the time, at the time it was all going down, apparently that was the second biggest week for Reddit at that point in time in terms of traffic to the site. Wow. Um, partially because people were all going and looking at the photos to see if they could identify people. Do you think that was Maybe. a push? Yeah. So this, this is not the only time Reddit's got into this sort of stuff. Like, there's subreddits devoted to the mystery around MH370. Oh, yeah. That the plane yeah. that went missing? Yeah. Yeah. But they're not into promoting speculation among their users. And there was also a subreddit called r slash find Navy Yard shooters, which was created after the September 2013 Washington Navy Yard shooting. 
but that was almost immediately shut down by site administrators. Uh, they'd learnt their lesson there. Uh, a fellow writing for Slate, Chris Wade, asked um, Reddit general manager Eric Martin if the banning of the Navy Yard sub- subreddit was to do with the shift in culture mm. after r slash find Boston bombers. And Martin said, not really. It's obviously related, but r slash find Navy Yard shooters was a satire, trolling really. Oh. written specifically to break the rules. The only people that went there were a few media folk. Um, no policy changes, though we certainly learned from the experiences. Martin also told Chris Wade that he hoped they were asking the same sort of questions of the journalists who tweeted Sunil Tripathi's name. Mm. So I don't. it feels like there's a bit of defensiveness there, but yeah. maybe that's... Legit. They're all in the wrong. Yeah. Uh, journalists have more, um, well, they're supposed to have more uh, ethical weight in the things yeah. that they do. Yeah. Politico's Dylan Byers, who is a media reporter, defended uh, Washington Post, a writer named Kang, did a, did a Washington is it the Washington Post, New York Post? I don't know. It was an article that everybody says is really great, but I didn't pay money to read, so I can't tell you anything about that. Um, Kang was talking to Politico's Dylan Byers about his decision to tweet Tripathi's name. So okay. in case that's not clear, Dylan Byers from Politico tweeted Tripathi's name. And Dylan Byers says, when I tweet that CNN is reporting that authorities have someone in custody and then 10 minutes later tweet that NBC is tweeting that nobody was in custody, I'm not saying one is right and the other is wrong. Instead, I'm using Twitter as a tool to get out what information is out there and tracing it back to the source. Okay. About this, Will Aramis over at Slate says... That's the crux of the problem. Redditors see Reddit as a contained space for speculation and maintain that it isn't their responsibility to verify information before posting or upvoting it. And tweeters see Twitter as a contained space for speculation and maintain that it isn't their responsibility to verify information before posting or upvoting it. Professional journalists, by and large, recognise that it's their responsibility to verify information before publishing or broadcasting it, but many still view their tweets as immune to such standards. Uh, right. So the New York Times, I think this is Kang, this must be the good piece, interviewed Sunil's family. Um, yeah, I hear this piece is really amazing, but I'm too... Like, I love great journalism, but I'm very cheap. Um, <laughs> so they spoke to Sunil's sister, Sangeeta, and she told the Times... One thing we've been struck by is how porous the space is between social media, the media, and law enforcement. We assumed that if random people on Twitter were sitting in their pajamas saying, here's this kid missing in Providence that's skinny, and here's something horrible that happened because of a kid who's skinny, that speculation would be contained within a certain space. So Chris Wade, that guy from Slate, wrote, However ill-advised it may be to promote this kind of anonymous brainstorming of culprits, after a national tragedy, the real damage was only done when the sub's internal rules prohibiting posting personal information or sharing content outside of the sub were broken. A few prominent media figures 
were then essential in amplifying those infractions and speculation into full-blown national coverage. And then he said, Redditors have realised that their theoretically anonymous voices can and will be the subject of serious consideration from outside observers. Though this porous relationship between content consumption and conjecture is still far from perfect, r slash fine Boston Bombers provided a wake-up call to both sides, I don't know, slash r slash, I don't know, to take their respective uses of the medium more seriously. It's not really fair to hold up a group of people having a speculative conversation amongst themselves to the same level of responsibility as journalists. But if Reddit continues to exert such a massive influence over what becomes popular and visible online, it's a responsibility they'll continue to bear. Chris Wade, the slate guy, wrapped up his article with a screen cap of a post in r slash find MH370, which said, not this shit again. Uh, we saw how well this went <laughs> last time with r slash find Boston Bombers. And then someone replies and says, yeah, dude, fuck this, because people are curious what happened to the plane and want an easy way to stay updated on the events. I hate it when people want to stay informed on events too. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of sarcastic tone. I do that all the time. And I hate that I do it. Because I know I'm doing it. Like, I'll be doing it online to someone who has said something uh, that up, has up, irritated me. And it's dumb or it's really off base. And I know that me sarcastically engaging is not going to fix or result in any change of that person's perspective or whatever it's just me being a snarky little shit but uh, i can't stop myself <laughs> doing it um i mean after march next year we'll find out if i'm actually autistic probably oh. um but my favorite thing to do is that when somebody is doing bad faith sarcastic engagement mm. I like to pretend that I haven't realized it's sarcasm <laughs> <laughs> and then just give like a sincere response um, <laughs> to like a, an in good faith reading of whatever the person has sarcastically said. Mm. That's a good. Uh, <laughs> it reminds me of like when somebody makes a really problematic joke and then the person says, um, can you explain? To yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't get it. Can you explain the joke to me? Yeah. Which I think is a great technique, having had it been used against me. Yeah, it is because it's like, please examine why you think this is funny. It's actually very gentle. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Where are we up to here? Okay. So Farhad Manju over at Slate, Slate killing it, um, said, <laughs> said in a piece called Breaking News is Broken – uh, and this is a piece from 2013. Like, is that still true? Is it more true now? Um, and a thing to note here is that this piece that Manju is writing is them reflecting on how bad they feel that they retweeted those tweets about Sunil. Yeah. Um, so Manju writes, inspired by the events of the last week, here's a handy guide for anyone looking to figure out what exactly is going on during a breaking news event. When you first hear about a big news story in progress, run to your television. Make sure it's securely turned off. Next, pull out your phone, delete your Twitter app, shut off your email, and perhaps cancel your service plan. Unplug your PC. Now go outside and take a walk for an hour or two. Maybe find a park and sit on a bench. Reading an old novel. Winter is just half a year away. Have you started cleaning out your rain gutters? This might be a good time to start. Whatever you do, remember to stay hydrated. Have a sensible dinner. Get a good night's rest. In the morning, don't rush out of bed. Take in the bird song, brew a pot of coffee, 
Finally, load up your favorite newspaper's homepage, spend about 10 minutes reading a couple of in-depth news stories about the events of the day, and that's it. You're now caught up with all your friends who spent the past day and a half going out of their minds following cable and Twitter. In fact, you're now better informed than they are because during your self-imposed exile from the news, you didn't stumble into the many cul-de-sacs and dark alleys of misinformation that consume their lives. You're less frazzled, better rested, and your rain gutters are clear. Very good. I'll never clean gutters, though. Absolutely not. Never. That's what I pay the body corporate to do for me. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Okay. That was a really sad... um Thing, but also a very interesting demonstration of the power and the accidental power the internet can have. It made me really glad that I was not on Reddit. Mm. You think you would have got sucked into it? Had this completion thing. You know, like one of the problems that I have with um, Shein mm. is that it's like, oh, I want to find a dress. Oh, 22,000 results in my size. I just, Reddit just seems like I don't even want to start. Yeah. Because I can't finish. I don't want to. I just want to leave it alone. Just don't. Yeah. <laughs> I've dipped into Reddit a few times uh, for particular subjects that I was looking for information for or um, trying to reach out to other people within that creative sphere or whatever. And, um, like, it can be used in a very innocent way on a small scale. Like, it is essentially just a, a platform to people for people to put stuff upon, but it, it is also a way for people to create little echo chambers and it gets really nasty. I just found the platform kind of visually baffling. I think earlier on in the piece, I might've tried to engage with it for a hot minute and being like, ugh, I can't figure this out. Going back to Facebook. <laughs> you and fucking Facebook. I know how to use it. Uh, I think I'm good at using it. Okay, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna argue with you. You wouldn't even know. You're not on Facebook. Not really. I mean, officially, but no. You're missing out on all of my best posts. You're missing out on all of my best Instagram posts. Nah, <laughs> we're even. Nah. Um. All right. So is that is that sort of all your thoughts on? Is there anything else you wanted to? Um. I'm sorry, Sunil. Yeah. So am I. Sorry, buddy. And I'm real sorry to your family for having to go through that. Oh, at such they a liked him so much. Delicate time. Oh, a vulnerable God, time. Yeah. Like when the you way... didn't even know what had happened to him. Yeah. That's just. It's so cruel. Yeah, like Sarnev is arrested. His brother goes down mm. before Sunil's even found. Yeah. Ugh. Gross shit. Uh, let's talk about something a bit uh, more lighthearted. Franklin Mint. Let's do... Wait, I'm, I, I can do this live now. Let's see if I can make it work. Ready? All right. Sometimes I sing that to myself. <laughs> Just like the end part. Legally binding result comes out. 
having to listen to my warbly singing every time. It makes me cringe so much. I mean, I know that I was taking the piss at the time, but I'm still just like, oh, God. Um, All right. So, yeah, Franklin Mint. Um, I did look up, before we get into this, Mm -hmm. a bit of a history of Franklin Mint. Oh, wow. Good. Um, Where did I put it? So, it was actually a mint. <laughs> they made they made coins and okay. they made Good. Okay, so it was a private mint. And they did do A private mint. Yeah, so private What is this like owned... sovereign citizens printing their own money? I don't know. It was Hey, is a mint only the place where you make the coins? Is the place where you make the paper money or like the notes something different? I assume it's the same place. All right. I've been to the Mint in Canberra and I only remember the stuff about the coins. <laughs> you went to the Mint. Um, I've refused. I was a child. We went with my family. I told you the story about me and a bloody Hinkler Gardens in Bundaberg, right? Have I put this horrible story in the... I don't think so. I don't... You don't have to tell it if you don't want to. I was to. like a smart kid. Mm. And so my mom had this attitude that in order... I don't, I don't know, to maximise my smartness or something. You had to keep on taking me to educational things. I'm like, fuck this. I just want to do some fun shit for fuck's sake. Mm. And every time we went to see my grandparents in Bundaberg, um, we would have to go to fucking Hinkler Gardens. <laughs> and I just didn't want to go. Yeah. I was going to Bundaberg and I had a cold sore and I was like, all right, I know how to get out of this Hinkler Garden shit. I'm going to bank myself so ugly that oh, they won't no. take me out of the house. <laughs> so I picked my cold sore Ooh, and I rubbed it all over my face. No. All the cold sore juice. Ugh. And when I woke up in the morning, I had seven separate cold sores oh. all over my mouth and my chin. That's and commitment. There was one like on the side of my nostril. Mm. Um, but unfortunately, they still took me to Hinkler Gardens. Oh, that's cruel. I mean, I know you asked for it, but... (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure that I asked for that. You purposefully made yourself uh, I got got. I got myself. Yeah. Um, But they did take me to Bagara, to the beach, every day for the rest of the trip in order for me to go in the salt water to bathe the multiple wounds on my face. Did that help? I don't know. I don't care. (laughs) I got to go to the beach. Ugh. Um... Anyway, so my point is, don't cross me. All right. Or I'll rub cold sore juice all over my face and that'll show you. <laughs> that'll teach me a lesson because I'll have to look at it. <laughs> um, what the fuck were we talking about? <laughs> Franklin Mint. Oh, yeah. Uh, it all makes sense. <laughs> all right. Follow along. Um, so I did go to the Mint in camp. That's what we were saying. <laughs> And I yeah, if you were coins. like me, you would have got cold sores all over your face and not had to go to the mint. I wanted to see the coins being made. What? I thought it was cool. All right. Show me those big industrial machines making money. I didn't know how it worked. No, I'm it was... a Capricorn and I don't even want to go there to see the money get made. Fine. I just want the money. Um. Okay, so yeah, this is a private mint uh, founded in 1964. So it's not even that old, really. Yeah. Only the mid-60s. No, wait. How old's the... Wait, wait. It's currently 2021. Take 1964. The mint is 57 years old. 
for a mint, that seems young. I look, I wasn't, I'm not very good at math, so I wasn't sure how this was going to turn out, but I think that the mint is in fact too old for me to fuck it. <laughs> Wait, what was your peak age? Oh, 40, 42 or 43 or uh, yeah, something? Yeah. Uh, this is Everybody over the hill. fucks 42 years old. It's over 50. <laughs> um, yeah, so at one point they actually made commerce like coins for some small country. Let me see if I can. I think I've it. heard that they've made money for other places. Um. But they also did a lot of other die-cast things, obviously similar techniques to making coins. Like they made little cars and um, commemorative coins and medals and jewellery and sculptures and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And they got into making collectibles with the, like, commemorative coins. Then they sort of went into the collectible market. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the things that they, they made and that they promoted... Like ceaselessly, when I was a kid, was the collector plates. Um, I have a really clear memory in my head of a collector plate that's got like a dolphin jumping out of the water. Oh, I'm pretty sure if I don't have that exact one in my collection here, it'll be very similar. I think I remember multiple. Look, I think I, there were series. I used to read a lot of women's magazines when I was younger. Yeah, they did a lot of print advertising, yes. right? Like you'd, you'd open a magazine. Ooh, it have a little clipping down the bottom to like write your shit in and send it off with a check or yeah, some shit. Yeah, and the TV guide yeah. would always have them like on the back page yes, or something. Yes, 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 yes. Um, and they would like really try and emphasize how limited edition they were. I was like, who gives a shit? It's just a dumb plate. <laughs> but it's signed and there's only so many of who them. Who is it signed by? The or like dolphin? the artists Ooh. or whatever. I don't know. Um, but like that, that was a real artificial, like to try and make them seem valuable, right? <laughs> like, oh, I'll get this and then it'll be worth more money later because it's so limited. Because dumb cunts everywhere love well, collecting. Yeah, but it's it was a scam. Like Franklin Mint plates. Like the we'll only make 2,000 of these type thing. It's like when they actually were sort of investigated at one point, they were sort of looked Ooh, into. were they fudging the numbers? Um, well, it was like... False advertising kind of stuff. <laughs> I think it was Australia that had a go at them for sort of false, like for falsely representing the um, value of their items that they would say, oh, we're only going to make, we're only going to do one run of these design. But then they looked into it and they're like, but we could spread that, spread that run over 10 years. <laughs> what, like, you mean 2,000 people don't want the dolphin plate? Maybe not. Oh, Anyway, dodgy. So, um, I've collected a bunch and I'm just going to describe them. Excellent. And get you to have a look and then mm-hmm. pink your fave. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll show them to you on my phone. Okay. So. Love this. First up, this one is called Diamond Unicorn. <laughs> it's got a, a gold trim around the outside of the plate. Don't they all? Oh, it's got... Um, a unicorn, obviously, yes. with flowing mane and tail. Sexy. It's rearing onto its back legs. Ooh. It's got like uh, its unicorn horn pointing up into the sky and touching a star <laughs> because it's nighttime and there's stars and okay. the moon and stuff behind it. Versus, 
one called Garden Gate Cottage. Ooh. And this one is 3D. What? I know. They did do some 3D plates. Do you have to put on like, 3D glasses or is it no, 3D, 3D? It's like a relief uh, design. How am I going to eat off that? You can't. It's just commemorative of Garden <sighs> Gates. <laughs> Fuck. So it's got like a little old thatched roof cottage and there's um, like a garden with a stream running through it with a bridge over it. And at the front sort of foreground of the plate, there is a fence covered in flowers and a gate which actually opens. <laughs> okay. Show me. So here's Diamond Unicorn. Ooh, she fancy. Mm. And then here is Garden Gate Cottage. Garden Gate Cottage. What a paradise. Oh, wow. It's not even round. It's like a diorama, but a plate. (laughs) I choose Garden Gate Cottage. Okay. When I was 19, I was dating somebody and I asked them what their dream home would be like and they said a small cottage with a loudly flushing toilet. (laughs) Okay. And that's never left me. Ah, uh, this is where you get your toilet fix- fixation um, from. I don't think that that's exactly it, but I don't think that that's not connected. You think that's maybe a contributing factor? I think that there was maybe something in that that I think there was a, like planted a seed. Okay, next plate. Mm-hmm. This one also has gold around the rim. <laughs> <laughs> and it's got a picture of a very sad clown. Oh. It's called Christmas Feast. <gasps> the clown, uh, there's like snow behind him and trees. He's got a hat on that's got bits of snow on it. Mm-hmm. He's that real um, clown archetype that's like the tramp kind okay. of clown. He's got a frown on his face and a red nose and like a brown jacket that's got like holly on it and snow. Mm-hmm. And he's carrying a a duck or a goose <laughs> that's got a little bow around its neck. Uh, of course it does. So that's obviously the Christmas feast waiting. And he's sad. <laughs> yeah. So it's really schmaltzy. It is. He's got some hectic eyebrow game there. Very expressive. Yeah. And he's about to smooch that goose. And the next one is called Lost and Found. Oh. Guess what color the rim is? Gold. Yep. Uh, And then we've got a small, blonde-haired, blue-eyed child. Uh Uh-huh. White. Uh Uh-huh. In an oversized, maybe police uniform. Okay. Like the adult's jacket and hat. And then he's got a little dog that he's letting lick a lollipop and behind him is a lost sign on the wall. Like he's gone out and he's found the lost dog. Oh, man. And this kid's like, I fucking you. It's piercing gaze. Yes. The style of illustration is very much like... uh, It's... Old greeting card. It's in the neighbourhood of the... Like, did they get the person who did all of the covers to VC Andrews novels? Oh, definitely that kind of look. <laughs> but this is like, oh, I guess they were children in those as well. Uh, okay, so the... I'm going with the clown. You're going with the clown? Yeah, because ACAB. Okay. 
Um, fuck off, small child. Okay. Next up, we have the Three Stooges. Oh, no. Finally, a plate for my dad. <laughs> Gold rim. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've got a scene from, oh, I'm not even sure which Stooges film this is. One of them's dressed as like a general. Um, they've all got their hands poking up from behind their heads. I don't know. They're just doing stoogey things. They're doing stooge shit. Oh, yeah. yeah, whatever. Yeah, they're being stooges. Okay. I only remember the Three Stooges one where they're delivering the ice and there's the really long staircase and it's just a little ice cube by the time they get to the top. I reckon that's the best scene they ever did. (laughs) (laughs) I remember that one. Uh, Uh, Versus one called Have a Howlin' New Year. And it's a commemorative year 2000. Oh, wow. Happy New Year plate. It is a Australiana-themed one. Fuck. So we've got the Sydney Harbour Bridge in the background, the Opera House, there's um, boats in the harbour, there's kangaroos, all the characters are cats, there's a <laughs> crocodile, um, they're holding up a sign that says Millennium Down Under, there's fireworks going off in the sky, Happy New Year 2000. Oh, Wow. It's busy. There's yep. a lot going on there. Very different uh, drawing style. Short is, I like the grumpy shark down the bottom. I really identify. Oh, there's more than one. I really identify with the sharks. Okay. So the Three Stooges or the Millennium New Year? Millennium New Year. Howlin' New Year. Howlin' New Year. All right. Fuck off, you stooge. Sorry, Three Stooges. Next up, Freedom's Glory. Oh, wow. Is there an eagle? How did you know? Oh, wow. (laughs) So we've got a gold rim. Uh (laughs) There is... Is there a gold rim? An ornate kind of... uh, I don't know, like plant pattern... And shields. A f- uh, so kind of filigree. Filigree. That's Just a the fancy term. boy. There's some like eagles with shields on their chests. Kind What's of the visual version of pomp and circumstance? This. And then in the middle you have uh, like like um, three wolf moon. There is <laughs> <laughs> an eagle in the background, large, oversized. And then in the foreground... You have an eagle flying and landing on a branch with its wings open and its yep, little I'm, toesies mm-hmm. outstretched. Like those super retro portraits. Yes. With yes, the floating head. Yes. And it's got a maroon background and gold trim all over it. I told you about how um, <laughs> uh, one time I went to the Victory and I was upstairs in the pool room i don't remember if this was before or after the fire oh yeah i couldn't tell you it was probably a long time ago and um, for our large international listener base (laughs) the victory hotel is a club pub in the middle of brisbane i have the sense that there's a period of time an innocent early period in Brisbane's history when there were no cool places to go except lychee lounge oh yeah so any Friday or Saturday night, the question was, are we going to the Stocky or to the Vic? Or to the Regatta. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
or Fridays? Um, Absolutely no, every time. So anyway, I'm at the victory. I start chatting to this guy um, upstairs playing pool. He says something about having samurai pizza cats. What, like on, like on tape on, or? On his computer at oh, home. Yeah. And so I agree to go to his home. Oh, my God. Ostensibly to watch Samurai Pizza Cats. Wow, he caught that fish real easy. <laughs> he sure did. Um, but I, I think once he got me back there, he wasn't quite sure what to do with me because he changed into um, what I think is his pyjamas and it looks like the kind of shit you would, like, paint a fence in. I was oh. like, that ain't it, bro. Um, <laughs> this is not sexy to me. He was like a medical intern or something and had all of his outfits ironed and laid out for the next week, like hung up. Oh, what a good boy. And had like Looney Tunes ties. Oh, no. <laughs> he was doing a pediatrics rotation. Okay. And on his bedside table, he had an enormous ceramic eagle. Did it look like this eagle? It, it had the same vibes. It was like, freedom. <laughs> Um, and I messaged a friend and said, can you come pick me up right now? <laughs> Hell. So I basically didn't fuck this guy because of an eagle. Um, look, that's as good a reason as any. Look, I stand by my choice. I think it's a good choice in retrospect. A lady's uh, allowed to change her mind. So this one is versus a plate called Angel of Hope. <laughs> it has a silver rim. Oh, wow. Gotcha there. Wow. Or at least it looks silver in this photo. And it has Platinum. a large floating head in the background. Ooh, love a floating head. Princess Diana. <gasps> feathery, feathery blonde hair with light in the highlights. Sometimes I wonder if I should get Princess Diana hair. Oh, my God. You should get Princess Diana hair. <laughs> it's time. <laughs> that feathery hair. Over your brow that you can look up through. Um, so then in the foreground, there's a couple of different scenes of her with, like, young kids. Wow. Um, a Princess Diana plate. This is a... And it's got a little signature at the bottom. I presume that's the I want to eat dinner off a Princess Diana plate. Oh, wow. So you've got to choose between the extreme American patriotism <sighs> and the Princess Diana British uh, fawning. It's Gently cupping the face of a brown child mm. who I think might be missing their leg. The people's princess. And go on the Princess Diana plate. Okay. Sorry, Eagle. It's just because of the silver rim, right? <laughs> a bit of a change in pace. Okay, next up. The silver goes better with her hair. This one is called... Portrait of of Bridget. Mm-hmm. I think that's how the name is pronounced. And it has a very, very thick uh, gold rim. Not just like the rim, like like a border, like a big round border in gold. And in the middle, we have a photograph of a doll in a wedding gown. She's got blonde curls. She's got a very lacy gown. She's got a... What's I'm this? like, is this creepy? Are we back to VC Andrews? I I don't want to prejudice. I wanted you to give your genuine reaction. Yes. Um, she's veil. That's the word. She's got a white veil with some frills on it. She's holding um, a bouquet, little pink roses. All right. Here's Bridget. 
Oh, wow. How are you feeling? She's got a powerful brow. And she's got this expression on her face like, I would not fight her. Because <laughs> you would lose. Yeah, absolutely. I'm getting a real Bridezilla mm. vibes. Do you reckon this doll is haunted? Absolutely. This is a haunted wedding Somebody has taken a haunted doll and turned it into a commemorative plate. By the transitive property, this plate is also haunted. I'm just looking up what the doll from Annabelle looks like. What's the fucking story with this doll? It's not quite as intense as Annabelle, but it's not. Show me Annabelle. Well, you know, Bridget's prettier. Oh, yeah. It's I a think I'm actually vaguely more threatened by Bridget. She, she seems more insidious. She's got unplumbed depths. Mm. Okay, so uh, the Bridget, the uh-huh. doll, and uh-huh. then we have one called Home of the Brave. <laughs> Does it have an eagle? No. Oh, wow. It has a gold rim. <laughs> and then it has a night sky with fireworks and in the foreground a giant American flag Aye. fluttering in the wind and a gold ribbon fluttering beside it. Oh, fireworks. And what a gold ribbon. I'm obviously going with the haunted doll. <laughs> this is very 4th of July feeling with this. I reckon if I loved America, I would love this plate. But being that I don't, I'm going with the haunted fucking doll. <laughs> that doll, I think I saw, that might have been the plate I found I want first. that plate. I want to put that plate up in my toilet where the toilet ghost lives. We could check eBay, see if there are any going. They haven't retained value, so they'll be like 10 bucks. Great. <laughs> uh, okay, next up. I, I picked way too many of these. Love it. This one's called... A doggone egg extravaganza. Is there a dog? Is there an egg? It's an Easter plate. Oh. Does it have like a sad puppy? Is it like a beagle with like big eyes? It's a collection of a whole bunch of different dogs. And they're all in Easter bunny costumes. And they're collecting eggs and putting them in baskets. I'm shaking my head. I find this kind of stuff like vaguely perverse and threatening. It's like Jerry Children's book. There is one cat. The idea I just of adults being fixated on this kind of aesthetic. Very brightly coloured. There's lots of little chicks, like chicken, baby chickens around. It's in a garden. They've all got big eyes. There we go. It's different to how I was expecting. It is very much a children's book aesthetic. <sighs> like an 80s children's book. Yes. Late 80s, early 90s. There's a particular palette that I feel very familiar with from my own childhood. It's just very difficult for I don't want – I say this so much. I don't want to be like this, but I am. It's very difficult for me to imagine anybody who doesn't have some kind of intellectual disability being into this plate. This feels like, to me, something a grandma would get because they think that their grandchildren would think it, it was really cute or cool. 
and that okay. they're just really out of touch. That's All right. the feeling I that's the vibe I get. All right. I can see that. Oh, there's a cat. There's one What's tiny this cat? cat doing. Sniffing an Easter egg. The cat doesn't next get a, a costume. Chick. No, they do not. The dogs are kind of So the dogs have been anthropomorphized. Yeah. There's one smoking a pipe. Oh, that's not very good for it. <laughs> The vet told me no chocolate for dogs or tobacco. <laughs> this is setting a bad example. Um, versus Frank Sinatra, chairman of the board. Wow. So obviously it's a Frank Sinatra blade. Yes. It says Frank Sinatra at the top. Oh, I'm glad. It has a picture of him singing. He's got New York in the background. Mm-hmm. It says chairman of the board around the bottom. Mm-hmm. But the cool thing about this. Oh, is if you flip it over, there's a little button you can press and it oh. plays 20 seconds of New York, New York. Oh. Oh, wow. Um, I find this vaguely threatening. I don't think it looks like him at all either. No. Fuck, this one's really hard because they're both so bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I have to go with the Frank Sinatra plate because it's so gross. It's also the other's... I think are all ceramic, and that looks plastic as hell. Quite Maybe right. it's just the back that's plastic because it's got the a music box element. Yeah, it kind of looks like somebody stuck a smoke alarm to a plate. Yes. Just the way that he's reaching out to you through the plate. Ugh. And he's got that look on his face that I always have on my face when people take photographs of me when I'm talking. <laughs> Like the in-between facial expressions. Like the mouth is like on its way to being a (gasps) duck face kind of thing. And then the teeth are clenched. All right. So we're going with Frank Sinatra. (laughs) Chairman of the board. How do we get here? Next up. We're we're almost at the end. Gold rim. Gold rim. Real like old gold. We've got a pattern. We've got animal print around the edge. There's some more filigree. And in the middle, we have mm. a white tiger <gasps> stalking through some gra- long grass. Um, this one also has a little gemstone at the top. And Ooh. it's called Prowl of the Tiger. Wow. This, I want this one on my wall. Wow. You can have the Haunted Bride. Oh, I mean, did you mention that in addition to the gold rim, there's the border with the tiger print? Did you already say that? I said animal print. I didn't really get in specific. Wow. That went over my head. This is like, this is the Donatella Versace. Yes. Of Franklin Mint I feel plates. like a little bit more went into the design of the actual layout of the plate than just the illustration with this one. This person loves design. Then they fucking love tigers. This person loves tigers. <laughs> Let me take a closer look. <laughs> the, uh, the aquamarine eye of the tiger, which matches the gem at the apex of the plate. I'm doing Italian Chef kisses. kiss. Yeah. That's just... A triumph. Ugh. Copper art could never. <laughs> Copper art dreams of being this good. Versus Coca-Cola Patriotic Pride. 
Oh, wow. So this one has very ornate scrolls around the edge. Okay. It does have that sort of thick design Uh around the rim with the Coca-Cola logo at various points. Gold rim, of course. Gold. Um, Gold designing, design elements. And then in the middle, we have a whole bunch of different women um, in sort of the... number points around a clock face like you got uh and they're all different careers we've got a woman soldier we've got a nurse we've got a cop a posty maybe uh we've got some more servicemen we've got a pilot and a pilot in the middle and they're all drinking cokes (laughs) (laughs) Uh, let me just zoom out there we go It's very like retroy pinuppy cheesecakey kind of yeah. like They've all got illustration curled style. Hair, the yeah, big, the big rosy rosy cheeks. cheeks. There's somebody holding a coke. You know, the aviator. She's holding a coke and staring off wistfully. <sighs> there is a lot of filigree. It says coca-cola so many times (laughs) and it also says in some nice curly text come in have a coke (laughs) have a coca-cola um yeah they all do look i think it's not different careers i think they're all military different armed services is it yeah okay like an aviator and i i just i feel like i'm I think they're all military. That fits the patriotic thing. I'm just like. The rest pause that refreshes. So is this like taking a break to drink a Coke and get a pep? Like having a dart? Yeah. The rest pause. It's, It's really like the. The Coke itself is just a framework for you to get to to have a break stop from your work tough, for a second. Tough work. There's kind of flowers, garlands of flowers everywhere too. Yeah. Every woman on this plate is white. As fuck. <laughs> Shiny white angels. Yeah. Not, Not a freckle inside. No. Beautiful complexions. Okay, so yeah, that versus the tiger. Tiger? Duh. I mean, it was obvious to me, but I you know, I can't speak for your tastes. I thought I'm not, maybe I'd give you options. I'm not promoting this war machine <laughs> plate. Okay, next up. This one has the whole from the magazine. It's got the whole page. Ooh, love that. Um, so we can actually look at the layout of it. This is the very first limited edition Simpsons collector plate. Oh, what? It's called A Family for the 90s. Oh. Little did they know that it would keep going forever. <laughs> is it still going right now? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Stop. He's already dead. <laughs> So it's them on the couch. Of course it is. It's got a home sweet home little crochet in the background. Yep. Um, they're looking at the TV. They've uh-huh. all got sort of stuff. Uh, Homer's got a remote control. Uh-huh. Santa's little helper's eating a bone. Lisa's got some popcorn. Maggie's got a bottle. 
Bart's holding a Slurpee. There's mm-hmm. just a few other little bits of detritus. This seems like around. this feels like early Simpsons this for Santa's is... little helper to be in for Bart to be on a squishy. It's like it's not the earliest version of the animation yes. style. Like yes. it's a couple of gens in, uh-huh. but um, it's still very early. Yeah, and. Just to, to go in with how would they they sort of framed these ads about how um, valuable they would be. So a limited edition collector plate, hand numbered and bordered in twenty four karat gold. Twenty four karat gold. Um, it's got a little inset here on the ad that says individually numbered by hand. Who cares? Plate shown smaller than the size of eight inches in diameter. Yeah, yeah. A limited edition work of art officially authorised by creator Matt Groening. <laughs> Imagine Matt Groening being like, oh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> uh, has there ever been anything like Krusty the Clown that they haven't put the Simpsons on? <laughs> Maybe birth control. Ooh, I'd take that. Wasn't there Krusty the Clown birth control? I think there was. Anyway, um, there's a little gold stamp on here that says heirloom recommendation to Franklin Mint. Heirloom. 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 And and heirloom. And heirloom. And and heirloom. So there's the text about the Simpsons and whatever. Um, Now you can bring the Simpsons into your home. With A Family for the 90s, a fine porcelain collector plate portraying a classic Simpsons moment inspired by an authentic animation cell. Each plate is hand-numbered and boarded in 24-karat gold and bears the signature mark of Matt Groening, priced (laughs) at just $29.50. This limited edition plate will be closed forever after just 45 firing days. That was the thing about saying the firing days might not be consecutive. They might be spaced over many years and they might do thousands on each of those days. Um, Available exclusively from the Franklin Mint, Franklin Centre, Pennsylvania. Oh, my God. I want to go to the Franklin Mint. You went to the Mint. I want to go to the Franklin Mint. Yeah. Yeah, Okay, so this is reasonably early but yeah a few generations in like the placement of the duff can um and also i'm obviously that guy i can't keep on saying i don't want to be that guy but like it doesn't say it's not a home sweet home i want the picture of the sailboat yeah that's the classic um it's based on an authentic animation cell why is it a fish frame. There's like a, a just a fish skeleton at the bottom of the. Who knows? Pork rinds. Why is there a mouse with cheese? Like I, that, that's never been a feature of any of this shit. Uh, you know the old mousy. Yeah. Old mousy Simpson. I don't understand why there's muffins at Lisa's feet either. Maybe Marge just thinks they're neat. Very good. All right. So that's versus Fabulous Felines. Into it. Now, this illustration style was fucking huge for a while. It was Mm -hmm. everywhere. And I think there was a particular artist that 
a lot of people sort of imitated. I don't even know how to describe this. There's like a the gold carrot rim, of course, mm-hmm. 24 carat mm-hmm. magic. And then we've got like a rainbow kind of circling with more gold filigree, mm-hmm. highly patterned. And then inside you've got multiple cats against a black background, 2D, mm-hmm. and the line work is all in gold and then they're brightly colored and patterned. And I just, <sighs> Oh, can I read the artist's name? Something birch. <laughs> okay. Thora birch. Wow. Yes. I remember this. Um, raining cats and dogs. This is the, yeah. Okay. It's very much this. It was of an era, right? Yeah. Like mid nineties, maybe. Early 90s? Do you remember Raining Cats and Dogs, the book? I think I remember the cover. I don't think I ever read it. It's it's not an amazing literary work, but um, I remember that the pictures being amazing. This must have just been like a thing that I assumed was universal, that everybody knew this book because it was relevant to me when I was a kid because I'm just not finding it quickly on a cursory Google, but... There was a book at my school library that I'm sure was called Raining Cats and Dogs, which had amazing illustrations, essentially in exactly this style. What did I say her name was? Something Birch? Do you think it looks like a Birch? Yeah, B-U-R-C-H. Laurel Birch. It's sort of um a style that I associate with the late 80s. Like, what's that? Like, the really bright colours. And the collage on the black background. Yeah, it's very striking. And she obviously found extreme commercial success. Wow. Okay. I just saw it so much that it is so tacky to me now. Like I know what you mean, but for me, there's something about it that sort of transcends tackiness. Maybe because I'm a little bit younger than you. Fantastic felines. Oh wait, maybe that's the book. That's a book. Yeah, exactly that. That just, it feels so familiar to me. Maybe Fabulous Feelines is actually the book that that I'm thinking of. God, I wouldn't know. Wow. Okay. All right. Let's get back to the plate. Cat plate versus our 90s Simpsons scene. I got to go with the intoxicating nostalgia of Laurel Birch. Okay. Uh, I've only got two more left. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So many. I mean, two in the... Like one, two, yes. and then one, two. Okay. Yes. Um, John Wayne, tribute to jet pilots. Wow. <laughs> wow. There's layers here. <laughs> so, gold rim. Then of course. Like uh, a circling of gold stars. Okay. Then we've got John Wayne in a, a pilot's outfit. What a patriot. Um, with the furry hat and goggles. He's in a like a jet. And like jet plane with the cabin open and he's looking out and it says Air Force something on the side. I had a friend who was really mean about John Wayne. Well, they didn't like him. They said that John Wayne was really mean to everybody around him and they attributed that to his internalised homophobia. Uh, they proposed that he was gay and he was mean to everybody because he hated himself. I kind of hate that, like, if I don't like someone 
and they do things I don't like, it must be because of some internalised, like, they're really gay thing. I never made any inquiries because I'm not invested in John Wayne or... Let me just look. I'm just going to Google, is John Wayne gay? (laughs) Okay. First result is a Wikipedia thing that says, he died in 2003. I have read many books about Wayne and those associated with him like John Ford and talked to people who worked with him and there is no evidence of him being homosexual or bisexual according to film director and historian David Bradley. Next result says, shh, don't tell your dad, but John Wayne is super gay. (laughs) And it's a WordPress. (sighs) Okay. Uh, Okay, so John Wayne in his lovely... Medium.com, queering John Wayne. Was he masculine or faking it? (laughs) I mean, there's a lot that's very homoerotic about things that are considered very masculine. Gaystarnews.com. John Wayne's son defends his father's homophobic... It's lost. John Wayne's son, Ethan Wayne, has defended a 1971 Playboy interview in which the actor made homophobic and racist remarks. Anyway. Anyway. It's just him in a plane. Yeah. Versus... This one is rectangular for them. <laughs> this horse is called Tennessee Walker. And there's like a ornate brown frame, as if like a picture frame around uh-huh, the edge. Uh-huh, uh-huh, no uh-huh. gold. Oh, yeah, actually there is gold there. <laughs> um, Almost gotcha. There's a little nameplate where it says Tennessee uh-huh, Walker. Uh-huh. And then the picture itself has large floating head of the horse uh-huh. looking sort of turned towards us the viewer koi um there's some leaves like as a bough of trees around mm-hmm. the edge and then in the foreground we have tennessee walker um walking in a stable i guess like out in the garden um with one leg up and it's a brown with black head type of horse i don't know what they are it's doing a fancy trot. It's yeah. a shiny horse. Got that portrait style where it's a floating head. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to go this over John Wayne just because I. it certainly is looking like a frame around a square <laughs> plate. <laughs> and I double checked and it is Franklin Mint brand. Um, like, yeah, they just decided to go rectangular with these pictures of horses. Hey, fellas, what about a rectangle? <laughs> Very courageous, whoever brought that to the pitch meeting. A plate can be anything. <laughs> Why must they all be round? Okay, last matchup. What? Even more. <sighs> First encounter. Gold rim. A very light, snowy scene. Is it an alien? There's a butterfly flying in from left of frame. Uh And then mostly filling the frame, we have a very young, maybe a bobcat. Uh Uh-huh. But like a young one. Okay. Looking at the butterfly quizzically. Oh, God. All right. Pretty schmaltzy. Super schmaltzy. Yep. Very, like, soft filtered. Just a small wildcat. Checking out a butterfly. Yeah. 
versus Life of Christ, the Transfiguration. I feel like you've really effectively covered the field here. Yeah, I've got a lot of different categories, but categories that there was always a lot of. Yeah. Like, so finally we've gotten into the religious ones. Uh, and this one is uh, Jesus in a big white robe with a blue sash around it and over his shoulder. And it's sort of fluttering out behind him, almost like wings as he ascends I love heaven. Franklin Mint and I love Jesus. What am I to do? There's like uh, clouds in the background, orangey glow from a setting sun, I assume, going up into the blue sky. Um, Heather. Yeah. Okay, so they say this is Jesus. But I'm like, is that actually like Gabriel or something? Well, if they're calling it the transfiguration, isn't that when he goes from, he dies and he goes... Wait, which one is the transfiguration? Do I look like I paid attention in religious education? Uh, I mean, I was forced to listen to it, but a lot of it I pushed out of my brain. In the New Testament, the transfiguration of Jesus is an event where Jesus is transfigured and becomes radiant in glory upon a mountain. Um, oh, so it's not after death. It's okay. In these accounts, Jesus and three of his apostles, Peter, James, and John, go to a mountain uh, to pray. On the mountaintop, Jesus begins to shine with bright rays of light. I'm going to go with the Jesus play. Just because it's a classic blue and orange movie poster kind of combo. <laughs> Alrighty. Hey, let's do some r- round two random. Just roll back through. Roll okay. back through. Let's go. Uh, the Garden Gate. With a yes. little opening gate. Yes. 3D scene. You don't need to remind me. I love it. Frank Sinatra. Oh, the, the fucking cottage garden, mate. Okay. It's great. But but it plays 20 seconds. <laughs> I give zero shits. <laughs> Fuck Frank Sinatra. Okay. The sad clown mm-hmm. with his Christmas dinner that he must murder <laughs> versus Fabulous Felines. Fabulous Felines wins. Okay. Goodbye, sad clown. Princess Diana, mm-hmm. Angel of Hope, yes. versus Portrait of Bridget. Bridget. <laughs> haunted, haunted Bride uh, over actual ghost Princess yeah. Diana. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, mm-hmm. Prowl of the Tiger. Yes. Versus Tennessee Walker, Rectangular Horse. Rectangular Horse. <laughs> <laughs> Tennessee Walker, rectangular <laughs> horse. At your service, ma'am. <laughs> the rectangular plate with the horse on it. <laughs> no, you committed. <laughs> okay. um, Prowl of the Tiger, the Donatella Versace of Franklin Mint plates. <laughs> okay. The Transfiguration of Jesus. Ah, uh, yeah. Versus Have a Howlin' New Year. <laughs> The Millennium uh, Howlin' New Year. Oh, sorry, Jesus. Sorry, Jesus. Love your work, bro. Transfigure more spectacularly next time. Um, What does that leave? Oh, that's into the next round. Yep. Okay. Fabulous felines versus 
have a howling new year. Fabulous felines, obviously. Oh, okay. Garden Gate versus Bridget. Don't make me choose. I'm sorry, this is the game. Bridget. Shut it down. Bridget wins. Okay. Because all we have left is the Prowl and Tiger versus Fabulous Felines. Fabulous Felines. Oh. Goodbye of the Tiger. <laughs> Goodbye of the Tiger. So now we have Felines versus Bridget. 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 The winner. Our queen. Can I still buy this plate? I reckon she killed the first wife of whoever she is marrying. Yeah, totally. That's the stare I'm seeing here. I did it. I made it here. I have made him my husband. (laughs) I think I just, like, I object to so much, like, media (laughs) that I've consumed in my life where it's like, the goal of your life <laughs> is, is to marry someone. <laughs> yes. I'm like, mm, eh, eh, keep it. <laughs> All right. Bridget Franklin. Sorry, I'm just trying to buy her. <laughs> oh, fuck yeah. Pink it for 12 bucks, oh my bucks God. on eBay. I'm going to buy her. I think that should be the outcome. If it's not too expensive to ship it. Absolutely not. (laughs) I'm going to put her up on the wall. Yes. I have a ghost in her toilet. Oh, I'm convinced I have a ghost in my toilet. Because the toilet paper keeps rolling off. Unrolling into the toilet. Yeah. Yeah. And it couldn't possibly be the cat that lives here. It's absolutely not a cat. (laughs) She's never done that before. I'm checking out Gumtree as well. And there's a few here where you can get the whole set. Oh, what? There's other dolls? Oh, yeah. So this one has the whole, well, has a set of six. She's so creepy. I think she's the creepiest of the lot. I agree that Bridget is the creepiest of the lot, but I'm also worried about how mad at me uh, the girl at the top right is. (laughs) She's just disappointed. Down. All right, let's go. Let's get on with the show. Uh, my order's in. We are getting this plate. So exciting! Can't believe we're following through on something we said we would do already. Amazing. Um. All right, let's get into hyper local news. Okay. Let's see. Oh, what I got. I've got two pieces of news. Mm-hmm. Wait, what was that thing we were talking about before we started recording and you said, that's news? Fuck. Oh, uh, somebody replied to a comment I made on Instagram. <laughs> like 403 weeks ago. <laughs> so they co- replied now yeah. to a comment that you made. Yep. Yeah. 403? Let me just double check that. I, I wouldn't want to... I used the date calculator online to determine that this date was in 2013. Yeah, it was... Um, so the picture was posted in 2013. I commented the next day, like 24 hours later, asking a question. Mm-hmm. No response. That's fine. I didn't really care that much. Uh, and then 409... Weeks later, fuck, I got an answer to my question. <laughs> Great. So that's some um, exciting news in my life. <laughs> uh, well, 
that the Arana Hills, Fernie Hills, Everton Hills, Ridgy Didge community page has recorded instances of people leaving behind baked beans in their mailboxes. What the <laughs> like, It's not a can. It's just like loose baked beans. Yeah. Wow. Which I think is a great prank, that honestly. That so bad if you didn't realise straight away. Um, okay, the actual pieces of news was... We spoke some time ago about we'd heard there was going to be a court case where a local branch of the Church of Satan was having a go at being like, um, it's religious discrimination if you don't let us teach in the schools, but you let other religions teach in the schools. And I think this was about trying to block a particular bill where they were maybe bringing in the school chaplains or something here. It could be something to do with that. Yeah. Well, we got an update on that news story. Oh, really? Yeah. So a group of self-described Satanists enlisted the devil himself as political tool and <laughs> held a black mass in their fight against the might of Queensland Education Department, which reached the Supreme Court on Thursday. This is a Brisbane Times article, by the way. The Noosa Temple of Satan is pushing for Satanists to be allowed to teach religious instruction classes to school students. So the founder of the Noosa chapter, whose uh, Satanist name is Brother Samuel Demogorgon. Yes, I'm aware of uh, his work. Um founded this chapter in 2019 in defiance of the Australian government's proposal for a religious discrimination bill. One of the Satanist's aims was to force the federal government to scrap the idea of religious discrimination bill and replace it with the Human Rights Act. However, the temple has evolved during its short history, now boasting more than 7,600 followers on Facebook (laughs) and having held several events. So they held a black mass, which drew 26 people. Mm Mm-hmm. And then in court on Thursday, Temple founder Robin Bristow, uh, brother Samuel Demogorgon, described the Black Mass as a blasphemous Rocky Horror picture show. Love it. It was very camp, very entertaining, uh, and it could give people a few giggles, he said. Oh, good. Uh, He said the Mass was not a serious satanic event, but more like a fancy dress party. The reason why some people... (laughs) You mean like a serious satanic (laughs) event? (laughs) Oh, that's mean. I dated somebody who might have been Satanist. I'm not sure how serious they were about it. Um, The reason why some people took it the wrong way is that they thought we were having a satanic event. We had many people who came to the event who took it very seriously, he told the court. Satanists do not believe in Satan. They do not believe he exists. So that's the first principle. (laughs) (laughs) So it's very funny when we get accused of worshipping Satan because that's not true at all. Mr. Bristow said the idea for the... Um, NTS came from a similar concept in the US and he created his alternative name, Brother Samuel Demogorgon, by searching the internet for the most demonic name he could find. Oh, bless him. For many, Satan is a political tool. It certainly grabs people's attention. We view Satan as a powerful metaphor for rebellion, he said in a 2020 interview. So, uh, Temple member Trevor Bell, who acted as lead legal counsel on Thursday previously (laughs) sorry I'm gonna giggle Trevor Bell (laughs) Uh, my learned friend previously told Brisbane Times that if Satanists could not teach religious instruction then no religions should be allowed into state schools I I can't I tend to agree yeah um oh my god 
uh, I just googled Trevor Bell solicitor. First result, Trevor Bell podcast producer. Hey, the Iron Fist Velvet Glove. <gasps> Do you reckon he'd want to come on our pod? podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, continue. Um, so Barrister Gavin Thompson, acting for the Department of Education, said the case came down to the question of whether the Noosa Temple of Satan could be classified as a religious society. He referred to a previous case where it was determined that if the members of the religious society could believe what they liked, then it could not be classified as a religious denomination. Doesn't everybody get to believe what they like? I guess it's that you must believe the tenets of the religion to class it as a religion. But if you're like... You can be a member of the religion, but believe whatever. Then they're like, well, it's not a religion because there's no um, underpinning beliefs. Maybe other people have different experiences of religion to me, but anywhere that I've gone Mm. to, and I've been to a couple of congregations in my life. Yeah. I tended to get the idea that you were allowed to think what you wanted. Oh, yeah. But I think this is how they're using it as a way to define a religion versus other congregating groups of people like what's i think it i don't think it okay this is his argument i don't think it works out great argument gav Um, but i'm not with it there is no common belief there's no manifestation or worship apart from an event which occurred last year which was essentially a rocky horror show i think he's too much of a pussy to say they don't actually believe in any like supernatural god thing so it doesn't count as a religion um, like, I do think that everybody who is associated with, I think that there is a, a belief in common or an ethic in common. Mm. It isn't necessarily a, a shared belief in a, like a supernatural God thing, yeah. but that's not even what Gavin is proposing. Um, Trevor Bell. No, no, no. Gavin from the Department of Education. Yeah. No, he's not proposing it. Um, he did say, and the Noosa Temple of Satan members are entitled to believe in what they want. <laughs> so he's like every person and some people. But he's saying they, they can believe in what they want. They're not sort of, there's no common belief. I think is his argument. That's what watch, I've taken Watch from me that walk sentence. in the door of any church around town mm. and sit there. I can turn up every Sunday if I want. Yeah. Um, so that the decision hasn't come, the hearing is finished, but the decision hasn't been made yet. So that's the update. Trevor, uh, okay, this seems to be some podcast. Uh, oh, um, this is like on, I think, the website for the podcast that they have, the Iron Fist and the Velvet Glove, a weekly <laughs> podcast, a weekly Australian podcast about news politics and changes in our society. And it suggests that Trevor is a member of the Secular Party of Australia. Okay. No problems there, from my perspective. Podcast initially focused on secularism and anti-theism, but over time has evolved to take a broader look at Australian society and world events. Um, did you have more pieces of hyperlocal news? Okay. So here's some hyperlocal news. Okay. Um, somebody posts to keep West End weird. Um, somebody's put up flyers with the little ticket where you tear it off. Yeah. And it has the phone number and stuff. Hi, my name is Stephen. 
I am a single man looking for a 40 to 45 year old lady to settle down with. It's okay if you have children. I love to travel. I enjoy making frames, decorating cards and selling them. I play 10 pin bowling on the weekends. I'm a very caring, amazing guy. And I hope you give me a chance. Call me. And it's got his number. And there's like a picture, which I think is like (laughs) photoshopped of him standing on a surfboard, like as a wave comes through. Ooh. Oh, yeah, he's, like, barely standing on that side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, somebody posted and said, hopefully this one's allowed my friends searching for a soulmate. I don't think it's, it's like, OP isn't mm. Stephen. Somebody different. That's a very old school way of uh, it's a putting very, up flyers very in the sweet. <laughs> well, I've given up on the apps. Maybe I should try that next. <laughs> <laughs> putting letters in letter boxes. Uh, I don't think I've been on the apps... I don't think I've been on a date that's app-related since 2017. They're so awful. I hate them. (laughs) I just hate them. Um, I have one more piece of news. Go on. Also gathered from a Facebook group. Mm -hmm. I'll keep this anonymous uh, as much as I can. So this person posted a picture of a hand with a ring on it. Yes. And said, posting on behalf of a friend... Lost sentimental ring on Commercial Road on the 11th of August. I lost my grandmother's engagement ring between 5.40 and 6.40 a.m. It is incredibly sentimental. Please be on the lookout for it and let me know if you find it. I've searched high and low already and keeping my fingers and toes crossed that a good Samaritan finds it. Here is a photo. Thank you very much in advance. Okay, so there's the, there's the ring. Looks there's like a, the ring. Yep. It's looks like my grandma's precious ring. Precious stones. Yes. Quite a thin little band. Very nice. So that was posted uh, on the 11th mm-hmm. and then on the 16th. An update from the OP. The ring has been found. Somebody had seen this post. They had found it. Whoa. They got in contact with the OP Whoa. through the Facebook group and returned the ring. That's so blessed that I, I just poured wine on myself. <laughs> like, that's the kind of like thing that people set up these Facebook groups to try and achieve but you just don't think it's actually going to happen actually the ones that I have the least hope for that makes me so sad is when it's like I lost my budgie yeah here's a picture I'm like the pet ones are heartbreaking and sometimes if it's a dog that's just gone wandering out of the yard you do see people who find the dog and then go looking in the groups I saw Gold Coast Bulletin Tomb with a view. Oh. Experts urge city to build high-rise cemeteries amid a grave shortage. But Tate says, over my dead body. They could make a high-rise above his dead body, yes. (laughs) City planning experts and funeral directors are urging Gold Coast leaders to think outside the ahem Uh. box. Including putting up high-rise cemeteries to address an extreme shortage of land for grave sites. But Get Mayor, cremated, fuckers. Mayor Tate is no fan. A high-rise cemetery would be inappropriate. And I expect may offend certain religions and the general public. Um, Wouldn't it be kind of like a mausoleum? I don't... Yeah. It's just like a multi-person yeah. mausoleum? But I... Like... 
The last funeral I went to was somebody being interned in yeah. a mausoleum. It's going to that funeral with the last person that I dated from an app. It was their very cool uncle. No. Why do all cool people die? This is why I'm not cool. So I never die. <laughs> like, that was out at um, Sandgate, I think. Okay. And so there was obviously, like, part of the cemetery that was people getting buried. Yeah. And then there was a section that was mausoleums. And, like, the person who was whose funeral we were at, who was going into this mausoleum, was, like, an Italian-Australian person. And I don't know if there's, like, a, a, like an ethnic-religious kind mm. of difference that's arising here that says, like, mausoleum, great, go yeah. on the ground, less great. Like, I don't know, maybe people have a relationship to that? Yeah, maybe. I know that there is, like, some religions, like, being buried in the ground over... Uh, something where the body is destroyed, like cremation, like that is very much against the religion. Like the 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 burial of the body is very important. Like I I can understand that. Surely you can go through that in a more environmental way. I don't know. Like I think I have this understanding that the difference that arises in religions is like a point of difference about do you keep a body. In the state that it's in at death to allow it to, like, disintegrate at its own rate versus cremation or... Like, Mm. I understand that some religions don't want for you to... Like, I think I read an article a million years ago about... Some... I can't remember which Maybe, like, Shinto, maybe, like... (laughs) I think it was a Marie Claire (laughs) article that I read when I was a teenager about people getting um, the death penalty in China Mm. and their organs being harvested at death and sold to Thailand and that being contrary to some religious um, precepts. Because the body needs to be intact kind of thing. Maybe it's like a Shinto thing, if I remember correctly. Obviously, you know, fuck all about religion. Yeah. I was just remembering there's one where the body has to be buried within a certain number of days. I know. And like in cases where there's been like court cases and they want to like continue to investigate the body for evidence of crime. Um, But the religion is like, we need to inter this body within the next, however many hours for our religion sort of gets in the, the way of like police. Really interesting. I think because like, obviously before government, Religion was the primary structure that was used to organize community and society. Mm-hmm. And so there's a bunch of religious um, doctrines that relate not, not necessarily specifically to people's relationship to God, but to practicalities like, of the practicalities of and... like living a life. Yeah. So, like, if some super old part of the Christian Bible says, don't eat. Seafood, yeah, it's probably about not getting sick, <laughs> not about like your relationship to God. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So if it's about get the body buried within this number of days, yeah, it's quite likely to do with health and safety. Yes, of your community. Anyway, uh, rights around um, death are very, very interesting to me. 
and like all the different ways that you can have your body treated after death is very interesting. Um, do you have a will? I do, but like a real, like one of the ones you pick up at the post office kind of thing and fill out. You know, you can get them done for free for like through the public trustee, right? Uh, yes, I have heard that, but I haven't done it. Yeah, I, um, yeah, it's a free and you don't have to have the public trustee as your executor, mm. which is something that sometimes people think. Um, I think that the public, tr- like it's a funded service. Um, I think the public trustee, because they have an intestacy section, <laughs> like how do we deal with people who are, who die intestate, don't have a will. Yeah. I, I don't know. For whatever reason, they have a free will making service. Yeah. Um, one of our friends w- worked there. Yeah, for years yeah. before she finished her law degree doing, like, wills and stuff. Mm. And um, I don't think it was necessarily because we know her, but at some point because, you know, I've been working in community legal space for mm. a million years now and you routinely refer people there. Yeah. I was like, well, why don't I just fucking go there? I don't have a will. Mm. I should get one. It was like the number of um, people that I interacted with where – like a partner had died without a will. Yeah. And even if they don't own anything, it's like if you don't have a will in place, there's basically no authority for like the phone company to talk to you to yeah. shut down the account or like, you know, you can't deal with the power bill and get it changed into your name and mm. just shit like that. And it's heartbreaking for people when they're dealing with their grief. Yeah. And it's like, I just don't want to make it hard yeah. for people that I care about Yeah, I've when seen I go. my mum go through the um executor of a will of an estate kind of thing before i would never do that i like i put i put down public trustee yeah as executor for my will a lot for someone to do for for like a non-lawyer it would be a lot for me to do for somebody like as a lawyer not doing estate stuff like i would I wouldn't want to have to do that, especially if I had any meaningful connection to the person who passed away. If I was dealing with any kind of grief, I wouldn't want to have to do that work Um, myself. I made mine quite quickly because uh, at one point I realised, or my, I think my dad pointed out to me, having not made one, that um, everything would still kind of be, it would still involve my ex-husband. How so? Like, we weren't officially divorced. Are you divorced now? <laughs> oh, divorced now. But, like, I made that will kind of in a hurry when I'm like, oh, we're not actually divorced yet. So if I died tomorrow, then there might be some issues there where they the have rules to of talk. intestacy yeah. probably suggest that it all goes to him. So I would, like... So yeah. you're, like, 20 bucks in superannuation would go to him. Yeah. Uh, and my precious car and my anime collection. No, I don't have any anime anymore. Um, but... Yeah, so I just kind of yeah. made one quite quickly without doing a lot of like, what do I really hey, want to put Hey, do you in know here? that now you're actually divorced though? Yeah. The will that you made when you were still officially married <laughs> is invalid. Ah, good point. So you need to get another will. All right. All right, I will. You know, uh, <laughs> I pu- will. public trustee will do it over the phone. Will they? Since pandemic, yeah. I was making a joke. Oh, you just want to keep on saying will. Yeah. Yeah. This is a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just reminding you that we're recording. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. Um, I like to get my will updated every time I start dating somebody new. I've got quite a storied um, back 
like history of um, dating people who have no job and yeah. so have no superannuation. So every time I start dating somebody new, I update my will so that my superannuation goes to my new boo-boo. My gran used to update her will quite regularly and then tell us all what she'd changed. It's fun. What? Oh, come on. She just would be indulgent it do it. over us. She would say, if you get a tattoo, I'll take you out of the will. And then I got several and she didn't follow through on that, did she? <laughs> she also I've, thought that they were biro for a really long time. I've got like friend I'm uh, <laughs> friend. I've got like per- my will is like person I'm dating and then like best friend and then like my cousin's kids. Where am I? You're not in my will. <gasps> Time to update your will. <laughs> <laughs> I'll update my will if you update your will. Okay. Oh, because I noticed as well um, when I went on 4ZZZ's website the other day. You can make a bequest. Yeah, you can make a bequest. And yeah. I was like, maybe I should make a bequest of 4ZZZ. That would be nice. People do do it. Yeah. Yeah, we do get bequests. I, yeah, I'm thinking I'll make a bequest to 4ZZZ. That's wonderful. This is our local community radio station that I do a lot of work with. Um, and it's uh, it's like been going for 45 years 1975 it's it was sort of grew out of uh one of the local universities through the student union and then there was all this drama where there was a political takeover of the union and then they hated the lefty radio station so they kicked them off the campus wow they did this like wild thing where they like cops were trying to get in there and they managed to sort of get around and continue to broadcast by driving up Mount Cutha where the radio towers are and just like plugging straight into the tower. <laughs> Real cool um, kind of anarchisty crap. Um, I love it. I love their origin story. Um, yeah, but they do a lot for the community and give people a lot of opportunities and um, they're not like a in any way beholden to, well, a little bit beholden to the government. There are laws about what can go on the radio but um so like if they started in 75 and all that drama went down i think joe bielke peterson oh yeah was premier at that time i think he was premier from like late 60s yeah he 68 or something interacted with the radio station a lot (laughs) there's a great little podcast series actually that they made triple uh four triple z made last year or released last year about the history of of zed and there's an episode um, about their interactions with Joe and like the news show would call him every week. Oh my God, I love this. And he would answer. So it was cheeky. Like he felt obligated. I have to speak to the media if they ask me a question. And like, what was his wife's name? Flo? Flo. Flo would pick up the phone and she'd be like, oh, it's four triple Z. And he'd be like, meh, 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 meh. but he'd come and he'd answer the questions every time, which is like, Scott Morrison wouldn't fucking do it now. No way. Yeah. But Joe would answer questions to the little lefty radio station. Well, like 75 people lived in it, Queensland <laughs> back then, right? Yeah. It's different. Yeah. Um, Reckon that's it? Yeah. I cool. guess so. So I'm going to do this live. Cool. I closed the window. Okay. Are you ready? Do you want to say goodbye? Goodbye. Bye. Bye.